Hey, this is Jeff Bond, and welcome to the Chat with Leaders podcast, where we amplify the influence of leaders who use their talents as a force for good. Today, I'm chatting with Jonathan McCoy about a topic near and dear to my heart, stewarding our children as leaders in our home. Jonathan is the founder of Faith and Valor, a management consulting firm in Atlanta, Georgia. He's a seasoned strategist, question asker, and pattern noticer with over 15 years experience in organizational effectiveness, purpose alignment, and transformation. He helps leaders unlock clarity, unravel complexity, and elevate the impact they bring to their team, their business, and the world. His work spans many industries and covers public and private, big and small, for-profit and nonprofit in government. He's also worked deeply with B Corps on their journey to be purpose-led. We chat about Jonathan's backstory of raising two sets of twins, only 27 months apart. What Jonathan has learned about the importance of stewardship, given his responsibility as a present father to his his children and wife, some of the sacrifices and challenges he's faced professionally with making stewardship in his family an overarching priority, his future vision and greatest hopes for how his children are empowered to have a social impact in the world, and how Jonathan's leadership role as a father informs his professional life where he helps activate purpose and clarity in the leaders and organizations he serves. I hope you take away as much as I did in this conversation with Jonathan. He's truly been a student of fatherhood, stewardship, and leadership, and he has so much wisdom to offer. While you're at it, I'd be so grateful if you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Enjoy. Jonathan, welcome to Chat with Leaders. Hey, Jeff. I appreciate it, man. Look, been looking forward to this. You know, quite frankly, there's so many leadership roles that we carry in our professional careers, and we all have the opportunity to do it. But I heard Andy Stanley say on his leadership podcast a while ago that that is the only unique role that we have because no one else can replace us as a yeah. parent. That's spot on. I had a conversation with a parent at the ball field this week who was doing as much coaching as he was parenting. And I said, man, listen, I can coach your child. I cannot be your son's father. Mm. So let me take that responsibility off for you for these two hours. And you just go be his biggest fan Mm. and encourage him. And let me correct his batting stance because only you can be his father. This is a guy who's got several kids, six, seven, eight. I mean, and so this one-on-one time is really important for them. Well, and I love the word steward. And I had picked up a book uh, a while back by actually Charles Stanley, father of Andy Stanley. And it was at my in-laws place up at their uh, lake house. And I just sat there reading the book. The first thing he made a point of about parenting is to steward your children. And I always thought of the word steward or stewardship as really managing your financial resources, whether you tithe in your church or you give to the community and you're, you're finding a way to purpose your monetary resources, but really thinking about your children as a gift and really looking at that gift and realizing how unique that is and how we are called to steward them. And so I loved on your website, Faith and Valor, how you made that distinction. My job, my responsibility is to launch capable qualified adults out into the world. And so my wife and I sat down and said, well, what kind of humans do we want to release into the world? Mm. And in order to launch them at somewhere between 18 and 25, what do they need to know? Who do they need to be? And how do they need to be out in the world in order to navigate, not only, you know, as a basic adult, they pay their taxes, they pay their mortgage, they, you know, are outstanding citizens. But as St. Arena says, the glory of God is man fully alive. And Mm. what would it look like for us to launch people into this world that are fully alive? Mm. And so we sat down and just basically reverse engineered that and began to wonder about what that looked like. 
And here's where it hit me, Jeff. I sat down, I got introduced to this idea of the 200 year present one day. And so if you'll bear with the math a moment, my grandfather was born in loosely 1925. My father was born in loosely 1960. I was born in 1980. My son was born in 2010. My grandson, if the math plays itself out, will be born in around 2040. And if he lives to be 80, even though the data says it'll probably be 100 plus, that's 2120. So the connection point between 1920 and 2120 is me. And so as I think about the generations, I'm a McCoy. I'm of the Hatfield and McCoy line. Those are my people. Mm -hmm. So my legacy, my history, my genealogy is not one of America's most you know, noble family clans. And so what do I do with that? And what's my responsibility to steward that family name in the direction of that line? And so I literally drew a line on a piece of paper. Did I inherit a line that was pointed down, up, or was it flat? And what direction do I want to take that as a steward of the family line? And so that's kind of what the aha was, is that I have some agency in the direction of the McCoy family line. And it's my responsibility, I believe, to position my children, my boys and my girls, in a way that the family line goes up, whatever up and to the right looks like here, right? Right. And so what does that look like? And so my wife and I sat down and very intentionally drew a Gantt chart and said, here's when they're born. Here's the calendar year. Here's the milestones. Here's when I pay off my mortgage. Here's when they graduate high school. And when you put it all on a Gantt chart, as silly as it sounds, all of a sudden my mortgage date coincides with a life milestone. And so now paying my mortgage has a purpose. We were able to sit down and say, look, I can go from the 200-year present to this this season, roughly 20 years, where these kids are in my home and I have more direct influence, to how much we choose to put on our mortgage payment every month. And from there, we can make more informed decisions about whether or not we're going to play baseball three days a week or two days a week, Mm -hmm. because all of those decisions matter. James Clear says, with every decision we make is a vote for the kind of person we want to be. That's what we've been thinking about. And that's what I think about when I think of stewardship of kids, particularly, is because I do have a fair amount of direct influence over their lives right now. But as my kids start getting into teenage years, that influence changes. I've spoken to so many men, and this pertains to women as well. I mean, parenting is a unique leadership role. No one can replace us that get to the end of their life and they look back with regret and say, you know what? Time, time is what I wish I had more of with my kids. I wish I would have done things a little bit differently, but acknowledging at that point in your life. And and I was born the same year as you and, and I'm raising children that are a little bit younger than yours. I think it's important to acknowledge that you're raising two sets of twins. So you have a little bit of authority in the space in terms of parenting and trials that you've been through that we have an opportunity to look at this as a Gantt chart or as a business or as an opportunity to really affect their lives in a positive way that's going to have a larger social impact, even outside of our own family. You're creating really good leaders of tomorrow. And really this show, that's what it's all about, is sharing these stories, sharing the influence of leaders like you who want to have a force for good in the world through good stewardship. And so what was your backstory or what was kind of this aha moment in your career where you and your wife decided to sit down 
having raised uh, two sets of twins to that point and saying, you know what, I need to shift gears a little bit. Well, I mean, look, I don't know that there's any authority here, but as Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan to get punched in the mouth. That's kind of what happened in our story. We had a plan. We had a life plan. Mm. And we knew we're going to have this kid, this gender, this year, and we, we had it all mapped out. And then, you know, out of the gate, we end up with twins. And it was, we got proverbially punched in the mouth. Yep. And so my role as a helper in raising these tiny humans changed from what I thought it was going to be. And so mm-hmm. we figured it out, right? Graciously, these were the first grandkids on either side of the family. We had a lot of help. We had a lot of help from our community. My company at the time was tremendous and very gracious in helping me sort through it. And then 27 months later, boom, here we go with another set of twins. And look, everybody's got a story. Some people can't have kids. Some people have a bunch of them. Some people have to bring them from outside of their biology. It doesn't matter. You've got a story. You're stewarding somebody, something of your own. And that's what we had to figure out. You know, I'm doing this while running a multi-million dollar line of business. My wife was teaching at the time. And we just kind of had to pause and go, the way we're living right now is not working. Hmm. And we have to do something different. And so we paused and threw out what we had previously agreed to, right? I mean, like many marriages, she did the grocery shopping and I cut the grass, right? When she's home nursing two kids and diapering four at a time, I did the grocery shopping. And so Mm -hmm. there was some negotiation around the kind of pickles that got brought into our home. Yeah. Right. Because it's never about the toilet paper, but it's always about the toilet paper. And for a season for us, it was about the kind of pickles that came into our home. And so I joke, but like, those are the kinds of conversations that we had to pause and go, what does this look like? Right. There is something unique about our story. It's not a common experience. But whether you've got one, two, three, a buddy of mine that had triplets reminds me often that three of a kind beats two pair. But it doesn't really matter, right? They've got a story. We've got a story. And so what is the hand that we've been dealt? And what's our role in stewarding that? And you know, part of what we've learned to do is be a little bit more intentional about where we are and what we need, right? You know, We used to call when one of the kids would get sick. We had a plan. And then one of the kids would get sick. And then my wife would look at me and just go, plan B. And like we knew what that meant. Yep. Because we, we had to figure it out. And so that's part of the gift to us. Dan Allender says that our kids raise parents. And that's part of what he's talking about here is that because it came at us a little more intensely than we had expected, we had to figure it out more quickly than we thought we were going to have to. Mm. Um, And that's seasons. We're in a different season now. But the conversation continues to change and evolve. I love the idea of seasons and, and the importance of having a really good partner and spouse in those moments and being able to shift your plan because a plan is always going to be flexible and it's important to have a plan and kind of have an idea of where you want to go. But my life changed when our three children were born and we did it really quickly. We have a seven, five and three year old now going on seven, six and four by the end of this year. And so it was really tight. And sometimes we feel like our situation's hard, but you know, I'm sure a lot of people gasped when you said you had two sets of twins within 27 months of one another and how that's really changed your life. And in our world, it's not about the pickles. It's about the peas. I have to get sore peas (laughs) from the grocery store. And that's the only uh, type of peas that we get around here. But what are some of the other types of sacrifices and challenges that you faced more professionally 
with making stewardship to your children and to your family an overarching priority? We've reframed the thinking away from sacrifices and more into consequences, right? Consequence from the Latin consequence, simply the thing that comes after. And so one of the consequences, the consequence of the decisions we've made, like I, I got off the road. I was traveling consultant, you know, was proud of my sky mile status. When, when our first set of twins arrived, we just kind of said, that's just not going to work for the kind of life we want to live. I had plenty of other buddies who hired nannies, who did the things and that's, that, that worked for them. It didn't work for the kind of parents that we wanted to be. So the consequence of the decision we made to be home was meant I had to get a different job. Uh, the consequence of choosing to be a coach on my kids' t-ball team means that client dinners just aren't happening on Thursday nights. And so I, I, I want to be really clear that like, I did not put my professional career on hold. My professional career has not gone down a notch. It is a different path than the one I had thought. But these are the decisions that we want to make. We want to be able to support our kids in baseball and dance and all the things. Right. But we also want to do that two nights a week, not six nights a week. That's part of what we're mindful of is that there are consequences to the decisions we have made. But I'm using consequence in the in the in the dictionary sense of, of simply the thing that comes after. My wife mm -hmm. teaches middle school and this is what she teaches her kids. Right. You always get to choose your actions. You don't often get to choose the consequences that come. I chose to get off the road. She chose to step out of the classroom for a while. She's now stepped back into the classroom. It creates a different set of circumstances for us, different set of consequences. That's what we continue to have the conversation about. As our kids are moving more into preteen and teenage years, it's a different set of consequences. We gave up this notion of control a long time ago, but what can we do to position ourselves and position our kids to be in the best place possible? Hmm. That's what we're trying to figure out. This episode is brought to you by Inspire EDU a nonprofit organization putting technology devices into the hands of Atlanta's underserved communities. The need for technology devices has accelerated due to the pandemic, and Inspire EDU makes a positive difference helping marginalized learners. Through its partners and supporters like you, Inspire EDU helps learners become 21st century scholars. Learn how you can support their mission at iuatl.org. If you were to look ahead, maybe say 20 years or so, or, or maybe in your case towards that 18 to 25 age range where you're, like you said, shipping them off into the world to be a steward of, of their responsibilities and to have a broader social impact, what are your greatest hopes for how your children view their ability to have that impact in the world? We mm -hmm. want them to be free and fully alive into who they uniquely are. Uniqueness in our home is a little different than it is in others. Like my kid, we were very intentional, rightly or wrongly, that our kids didn't know they were twins, right? We didn't use that. They didn't know that term until they went to school because they are, other than sharing a birthday, they are unique individuals and they're uniquely gifted. And so we want to launch kids out into the world that understand who they are that understand whose they are, that know that whether they go build the next Iron Man suit, dance in New York, or smoke jump, all of which are currently on the table in my home, <laughs> that wherever we are, we'll be home and that we're okay with that. What the world needs is them fully alive. Part of that is an ongoing conversation of, well, do we put our kids in Boy Scouts or not? 
And how does that help them understand their unique giftedness? How does that light in them passion? I both love and hate that word. Passion from the Latin means suffering. So when you ask somebody, what are you passionate about? What you're asking them is, what are you willing to suffer for? And I can't tell my kids that. They've got to figure that out themselves. And it is messy some days. It is going to get messier before they leave. And then once they leave, look, let's be clear. My role as a parent doesn't stop when they're off the payroll. It just shifts. We move into a different season, Hmm. right? I can't tell you the number of times I've called my mother and father and said, I don't know what to do. I'm a grown adult with a life insurance policy calling my parents going, I don't know what to do. And their response is, welcome to adulthood. Like we don't Mm -hmm. either. (laughs) And so know that we're with you, know that we're for you, know that you have a bride standing there right beside you, know that I surround myself. Like I left companies because they weren't for me in my marriage. Was that a sacrifice? I don't think so. And look, I'm not the first guy to come up with this. We've done a bunch of research. Richard Rohr wrote a bunch of really good stuff. My wife's a teacher by trade. And so we sat down and said, look, if we go through the five things that Rohr says our kids need to know when they leave, what kind of experiences can we create for them to explore that amongst themselves? She put her instructional design hat on and we kind of fought backwards on that. But I can't make a horse drink water or whatever the saying is, right? Right. All we can do is create environments for them, continue to remind them that we're their biggest fan, surround them by people that value the same things we do, then go play catch. Right. Because there's a lot to be said, particularly for guys in the connection that happens over a baseball or a ball game or a a set of tools. Right. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And I'm about to go on a father son camping trip with my brother in laws and our boys in a couple of weeks that are all in the age range of five, six. And we just got back. Right. Uh, Literally two weeks ago, my son got to sit in the captain's seat of the plane for his first ride. And we drove the convertible and and it was awesome. A part of the the camp that we went on, and this was true of of all four of my kids, was to sit down and and bless my son. And nothing will bring a man to his knees than looking at a younger version of himself and saying, I see you and saying, I see the man that you're becoming. Know that you have what it takes. And I didn't appreciate how much healing that would come for me and being able to speak that into my sons and my daughter. It's powerful and it's scary. And so we did that. And then we went and rode the zip line on repeat for uh, a long time because that's the language of a boy. And that's the heart of a man inside of him. That's the idea of stewardship is it's not our responsibility to create children. It's our responsibility and privilege to create a space for them to become the people that God has intended for them to be. We get an opportunity to play into that. We will absolutely screw it up. Like I keep petitioning for like a 529 version of therapy, kind of like prepay, put it into a stock because we're going to screw it up. But as we joke, we're at least going to have some fun doing it along the way. Someone who's been through all the experiences like yourself, Jonathan, and many others that pour into this. And I think back again, not to reference Amy Stanley over and over again, but him and his wife, Sandra talked about the seasons of parenting and and how they're different in each season. And I love your distinction of the importance of addressing the relationship in that season and your responsibility as a father. And I, not all of us are parents. It's important to acknowledge that as leaders, everyone has worth as an individual, whether they're single, married, parent, whatever. But as leaders, you know, we're really intentional here in this show about creating leaders for tomorrow. So as you reflect on this leadership role as a father, how has that informed your professional life where you help activate purpose and leaders and organizations that they serve? 
I think it comes back to stewardship still. My responsibility as a manager is to help you steward the gifts and talents that you bring to an organization and help you unlock the best of you to move you forward. My job is to remind you who you are, remind you what you're capable of. The truth and grace go together. Truth without grace makes you a jerk. Grace without truth makes you an enabler. And so as a leader, my job is to help create that space for you to explore your stuff, to help you grow into the individual talent that you really are. Because if I believe that you are made imago Dei, in, in the image of God, then there is goodness in there that I get the privilege of helping create. And look, it gets messy and there are legal boundaries. There's a professional way to do all that. But at the essence of it is, I don't want you to stay working for me forever. If I'm doing my job right, then I'm launching talent into another department, into a new role, into another job outside of the company. And you know, I've had a number of people come to me over the years and go, hey, this is just not working. Like I talked to one guy. We rolled him off a project one time. He just wasn't performing. Now he's an internationally known author and speaker. I don't know that I played a role in that, but that's the kind of thing that I think as a leader, we get the privilege of doing is going helping people uncover what that really looks like. Mm. It often also looks like just showing grace. How many folks do we have, do we, you know, right now working in the workplace who are taking conference calls from their bedroom while they've got a toddler on Zoom for play date? Like it just doesn't make any sense, but that's where people are. Everybody's got a story. So having grace with people's stories, whether they are pregnant again or whether they are not pregnant again or whether their parents didn't make it through COVID, that's the grace that I think we get the opportunity and privilege to extend in the workplace and helping people uncover their life fully alive. And I think that's the gift that we can give people. Love that, that whole summary. If people wanted to follow more about you, Jonathan, which I would highly recommend and learn more about Faith and Valor and your management consulting practice, where would you direct them? Yeah, faithandvalor.com. I, I write out there. It's cheaper than therapy I've learned. So you can you can go read there. I, I make myself available to serve for-profits, non-profits, church, parachurch, big, small. I'm a human capital org strategy guy by trade. But what I get most alive in doing is helping leaders and the organizations they serve unlock clarity. You can always find me on the old LinkedIn, which is, you know, it's where you can find almost everybody these days. Jonathan at faithandvalor.com. Glad to be of service is however I can. And we will certainly be posting all those resources on chatwithleaders.com and our show notes and sharing that with the world. And I hope it has a great impact on many, many leaders and many people that are parenting and, and asking themselves those questions of what can I do to best steward my children? So thank you for your gift of time, Jonathan. It was such a pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, this is Jeff Bond, and thank you so much for investing your time with us today. We'd be thrilled for you to subscribe, rate, review, and share this episode on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please also visit our LinkedIn page to join our leadership community by clicking follow. We're grateful for your engagement and for sharing the inspiration coming from our guests so we can add value to aspiring leaders in your network. Have a remarkable week and go be a leader worth following.